0: At Solid Rock Personal Training, we are on a mission to help individuals transform their lives. We do this by having fun in our workouts, building relationships with the people we work out next to, and by having the best coaches to make sure your form is perfect. Our heartbeat is love God, love people, and we show our love by helping people look good, move well, and feel
1: great. Welcome back to the Solid Rock Personal Training Podcast. Today, I am joined by Dr. Olivia Nice, longtime member, of Solid Rock Personal Training. I wanted to start with Miss Olivia telling us a little bit about herself, just her history, where she grew up, and how she got into the world of physical therapy.
0: Okay, thank you so much for having me, Derek. Um, so I'm from Norman, Boomer Sooner, almost born and raised. I um, went to school here for all of high school, all of college, and got my doctorate in PT from OU Health Sciences Center. Um, and I graduated in 2016, and then I've been practicing in Moore and Norman since then
1: awesome and what made you decide to get into physical therapy
0: so I it kind of goes back to the soccer days I played soccer um almost all my life and there were a lot of moments where I was couldn't play or my my um, teammate couldn't play because they were hurt and a lot of the times it was rest ice give it a little bit come back you'll be fine and i always felt even as a young kid I was like I always felt like there was more to it than just take time off wait for your body to heal itself and hopefully you'll be okay and so that was kind of what I think lit the match of what else is there out there Um, and so it wasn't until I really hurt my back when I was about 16 and then I had to have some physical therapy I went to multiple multiple doctors no one could figure out what was wrong with my back and it was really frustrating and then finally i went to this physical therapist here in town and it was about six weeks fixed me right up never had an issue again until of course we got older and here we are now but um got me through the rest of my soccer years and it that was when i was like all right i think this is this is what i want to do i want to help people who feel like they're they've done everything else they can try to do to get out of pain and i want to be that person that finally helps them find that that pain-free life
1: Awesome. So you had that personal experience as a high school athlete going through pain. You had a physical therapist who helped you get out of pain and that is why you want to help others get out of pain. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about like the majority of people you see, like what's the demographic, the age, like who do you see in the clinic?
0: Sure. So I work in outpatient ortho. So that is general orthopedics. I see everyone. I, the youngest I've seen has been six months old actually. And the oldest i've seen is 104.
1: (laughs) holy moly yeah
0: so we get everybody a very wide array in my um first job i was actually specializing in athletes and specifically lower extremity athletes so my soccer players um a lot of basketball players and so i saw mostly collegiate to high school age um and worked with them. My current job, I see a lot more wider wider, right wait, wow, wide array of ages. Um, but it really is across the board, and it's kind of the fun. That's why I like outpatient and why I like ortho. It's because you don't know what's walking in your door. Yeah. Uh, it's it's you know, you can be a post-op knee, and it's pretty straightforward, or it could be somebody who's had chronic low back pain for two decades, and you got to figure out why and um, it's just, I, I like that challenge of it. So pretty uh, much everything.
1: A hundred percent. So you see a lot of different people F- or, uh, physical therapy for a six month. Yeah. What does that entail?
0: <laughs> Honestly, more straightforward than you think. Um, I don't see a lot of pediatrics. I, I do okay. not specialize in it, but I can help some in the a sense of like torticollis. Whenever kiddos have like a tight neck, then you just, you know, lock, a little bit of stretching, a little bit of positioning and all um, help teach the parents, a lot of it is just education okay. of how you position your child to make sure that uh, you're not promoting more of that tightness. But yeah, it's, you know, there's a lot of things that um, I, th- I think a lot of people don't realize PTs can help with that we can, <laughs> that we have training and we have the education and to help with it.
1: Absolutely. Well, I hope we can unpack some of that in today's episode. Um, I was just curious. So like what are the most common areas of pain for, let's just say, let's just take a demographic of general population between like the ages of 30 and 60 years old. What would you say like your like two to three most common areas of pain that people experience? Are? Sure.
0: Well, I'm glad you broke it down like that because it definitely depends on your age group and who's coming in. In that particular age group, it really is mostly like axial skeleton. So low back pain and neck pain of course our joints our big joints our hips our knees and shoulders i do see quite a bit of those but across the board in that particular uh, population it's going to be low back pain and neck pain and of course that's just years of not great posture (laughs) or sitting a lot or um, especially those who you know, took quite a few, few years off from working out and they're trying to get back in and they hurt their back or something. That's a, lo- a lot of the times, that's what I see in that population.
1: Okay, absolutely. So low back pain, neck pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about shoulders and knees? Which, What's more common, the knee or the shoulder? Are they about like 50-50? Uh,
0: again, depends on the population. It's actually interesting. I see a lot more and maybe this is just my opinion and what I experience, but I see a lot more um, knee pain, lower body pain in my female, like middle-aged female population. And then I see a lot more shoulder pain in my middle-aged male population. Um, And I think it's um, especially my, you know, females who are moms who have kids and they went through that pregnancy, they have ligaments that are been stretched out They've been, um, those hormones really do relax those ligaments and then a lot of times they don't pop back into place where they were and then you get years and years of continuing to stretch those ligaments out and then you start getting pain and instability in your knees and then it's the opposite for the males. They start getting tight and stiff in the upper back, tight in the shoulders and then um, a lot of that impingement type pain, And, um, you know, pinching pain of the rotator cuff and all that fun stuff starts playing a role um, in those decades, and those years.
1: Absolutely. I was actually just thinking that before you even said it. I was like, man, most women complain of knee pain Mm -hmm. at the gym, and then more men complain of shoulder pain. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of uh, women with, like, that anterior pelvic tilt where the butt kind of kicks back a little bit because their quads are so tight. Yep. their hips or pelvis is rocked forward. Yep. And then for men, I notice like their upper backs are like the thoracic area of their back. They're so tight, yeah. which causes limitation. And then their shoulder joints just eat that up a yep. lot. So definitely. Um, absolutely. So low back pain, do you have any idea like what the statistic is of people that suffer from low back pain by oh, any chance? It's
0: 80% or something like that. Yeah, I thought and it was like
1: 80, 80, that's, it's just crazy. Yeah.
0: What blows my mind is I, and don't go out there and quote me on this i know it's somewhere close to this but the amount of um people 20 20 and older that have some kind of disc pathology so either herniated disc or um you know just something going on it's in the 80s 90s percent of people not everybody is symptomatic not everybody has issues with it but 80 to like 85 percent of the population has some kind of disc issue in their low back starting from age 20 and on, which is crazy to me.
1: That's insane. Crazy. So. so what do you think the main reasons, like for most people, you said low back and neck pain, like what are the like one to two reasons for low back pain you would say, and then like the top one to two reasons for neck pain?
0: Well, and as I'm sitting here with my posture, <laughs> it's all posture, honestly. We all, especially in this day and age, we just sit way yeah. too much. I, Any, if you don't have a physically demanding job, nine times out of ten you're sitting most of the day and if we're sitting we're looking at a screen whether it's our computer whether it's our phone and that position I mean gravity is going to win every single time and so it's just going to pull you into those um you know that forward head position um when we're standing gravity is going to naturally pull you into that like you were talking about that anterior pelvic tilt um and it's just gravity's going to win every time so it's all postural related now we add in the the stresses of um you know poor lifting mechanics if you're working out or if you're a parent and you're lifting up your 30 pound kid over and over again or stuff yeah. like that i mean that just adds to that and really a lot of the times can be the trigger for the pain
1: 100% you got me wanting to stand up right now I know. if you guys are watching this or listening to this get a stand-up desk that's the moral <laughs> of the podcast yes. and the story right there yes. yeah uh I see people in the gym whose like glutes are underactive because like they sit so much that their glutes are dormant so like they yeah. honestly don't even know how to activate their glutes which the glutes are like I like to use the term a natural belt for the low back yep. they kind of per- they're like protectors or guardians for the low back to make sure we're not like overcompensating in using the low back and actually using our muscles to like move properly
0: exactly I, I mean I love that analogy I use an analogy at the gym that the health of the low back it's it you want to think of the box so you got the front back and sides of the box the front of the box is the core muscles like our deep core muscles not our six-pack muscles but the ones underneath those the back of the box is the glute muscles and the side of the box is as well as the glute muscles and then other stabilizing and it's like if you won't only treat one, if you only treat your core, but you leave the back out of it, you leave the glutes out of it, you're not going to do any help. So you got to treat all of them to help with that
1: low back pain. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So we talked about the knee, the shoulder, the low back and the neck. Let's start with the knee. Um, what are some ways or things that people can do to get out of pain if they're in a lot of pain in the knees? Like what's one simple thing that oh. someone could take a nugget from this uh, episode <laughs> today?
0: That's the challenging thing. I think, um, with pain in general, it's going to be multifactorial. It doesn't matter if it's one joint, if it's acute pain or chronic pain, it's, there's always going to be multiple factors. So it's hard to say, do this one thing and you're going to be better. Um, and that's kind of my red flag for anybody. If you have anybody saying do this one thing and you're going to feel amazing and it's going to help all your pain, that's a red flag, (laughs) but (laughs) just FYI, um, I, for knee pain though, I would take I mean if you're in acute pain it's time to do active rest. We don't want to just sit back and do nothing for two weeks. That's not going to help you in any way. It's just going to get stiff and tired but active rest in the sense of finding a tolerable range of motion and or resistance if you are working out still um, and working within that tolerable range without creating more irritation to the area at the time. Letting it have some time to chill while continuing to move it and keep it moving um and then from there progressing as you can
1: absolutely my so other, just, sorry. So just to make sure i'm tracking no you're good so if someone has that knee pain taking that joint through as much range of motion that they can actually tolerate before yeah. it becomes like extreme unbearable that's that's safe and okay to do yes okay. it is okay
0: cool. to do awesome. working within your your pain tolerance okay and i know everyone's like oh i can I can handle a lot of pain, or I can't handle a lot of pain. (laughs) My my number one thing is if you have sharp shooting pain, you've gone too far. Take it back a notch, roll it back, and then work within that range.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: And then from there, take a step back and look at your mechanics. Nine times out of ten, it's a poor mechanics when you're doing squatting, lifting, stair climbing, going downstairs, Whatever a lot of the times it's the mechanics. So take a step back and have somebody help you make sure you know you know where your knee is in space and make sure it's in the correct position. And yeah. that will help a lot of the time.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. What about low back pain? Like what's a simple thing that people can do um, to help prevent low back pain? You Mm -hmm. mentioned one already. (laughs) What, the glutes or? (laughs) Standing up. Oh yeah, standing up. Being active. active, Yes. Not sitting sitting on your bottom all day long.
0: Yes, that is number one. But honestly, um, you mentioned it. It Most of the time it's a culprit of that excessive anterior pelvic tilt. So where we stand with that back in hyperextension, nothing is activated in the core. I call that hanging on our ligaments. So you're just allowing your soft tissue to stretch and stabilize you, but you're not actively trying to control everything. So just being aware throughout the day, and I do this to myself all the time, I find myself standing like this, I'm like, okay, hang on, pull it back. And I pull my belly button in towards my spine, engage my deep lower core abdominals, And then just trying to maintain that low level, you know, deep core contraction throughout the day, no matter what you're doing, sitting, standing, working out, doesn't matter. But just trying to maintain that low amount of contraction in those deep core muscles really helps to provide that stabilization to hopefully prevent furthering back pain or future back pain
1: so just relating back to posture kind of having that mind muscle connection and activating just being aware i this is going to sound weird but like three times throughout the day i just stand up i turn my toes slightly out and i squeeze my glutes and i hold them for 30 seconds especially if i'm sitting a lot and it makes my back feel amazing yes because i'll be honest i get pretty poor posture when i sit i was a wrestler i was always hunched over so (laughs) like that little thing for me like helps it makes me feel better yes um going up to the shoulder like what's something simple for people that really struggle with shoulder pain that they could they could do to help them get out of pain
0: again the shoulders a very tricky joint because it's our most mobile joint in our body and because of that we do sacrifice a lot of stability for the mobility so it becomes tricky when we have pain trying to figure out and diagnose where the pain is coming from um but we kind of talked about this um before i feel like a lot of the times a very simple way to treat shoulder pain is actually treating the mid back and the upper back if the mid upper thoracic spine is tight and immobile the shoulder is going to be tight and immobile so um doing our thoracic mobility activities where we're just trying to rotate through that mid back extension so again posture getting out of that forward shoulder rounded shoulder position and pulling them back and getting into some thoracic extension can really take that shoulder health a really long distance before needing you know specific exercises to strengthen this muscle and yeah, straight length of the other muscle.
1: 100%, absolutely. This is something a little bit off topic. We didn't mention it when we were talking about like areas of pain and stuff, but something I see that's very big, I know you're a mom yourself, how old is Theo? 20 months. Twenty months. um, I see a lot of women that start a personal training or physical fitness plan that might have diastasis recti. They're unable to brace their core. Um, They have low back pain. They're unable to activate their glutes. And I would say it's the number one issue I probably see um, in a functional fitness realm. And I believe it is so valuable and so important for people to heal that um, before they just jump in and start tranks. So could you unpack a little bit what that is exactly, how to be aware of it, and then what are some things you can do to fix that issue um, so you can actually get better results in the gym versus causing more harm um, in the long run?
0: And coming from somebody who's personally working through this right now, I still have some diastasis recti from when Theo was born and it's, it's hard it's hard to treat it it's honestly um i didn't realize i had it until a couple months ago so and that's me coming from pt like it's it's really easy to go through life and not know you have it so the definition of diastasis recti is uh we've got our our six-pack muscles the two lines of muscles that go down the stomach and there's um tissue that holds them together in the middle when you grow a baby in your belly of course things expand and they separate and that tissue holding those muscles together actually separates and then once you have baby it doesn't come back together so you have a separation in your abs permanently Um, and when that happens you don't have um the ability to contract your core and do our kind of compressive core activities anymore because you've obviously lost that connection. And so a good way to know if you have this is um, and to check to see if you have it, lay down on your back and do a little sit up, just a little crunch, lift your shoulders up off the floor. And if you see a little hump kind of right here in the middle of your stomach, doesn't have to be much at all, just a little bit of you know, something pushing up right here you've got diastasis recti and you've got a space right there. Now to treat it becomes a little bit more tricky. Um, there's not an across the board, do these four exercises and you'll be fixed. That is a case, a very special case where I say, go see uh, somebody who can give you individualized care for what you need because every everybody's situation is different. I'm actually seeing physical therapy right now, going to PT myself for this issue. Um, Because it is something that you you really do need somebody to look at it and say this is your problem here's how I would suggest to fix it and it's really made a big difference but when I started back at the gym after Theo was born I could tell something was really off and I was having a lot of pain and a lot of instability that I couldn't figure out what was where that was coming from and now that I've started this the PT with this it's really really helped but yeah some individualized care for somebody who's struggling with that Um, is really my biggest recommendation.
1: Absolutely. I couldn't recommend it more. And uh, I just see so many women that struggle with this issue. And I just, it's so important to, take the slow approach versus getting excited to start working out again because you just had a baby you want to start training again (laughs) but like think long term play the long term game so you can avoid pain avoid injury and things like that going forward
0: and i'll say this no amount of crunches is going to fix that yeah (laughs) crunches are not going to treat it it has to be more specialized and specific um of care so just throwing that out there.
1: <laughs> 100%. Olivia, do you have anything else um, that you think would be valuable to our viewers? Anything um, where they can find you yeah. or anything like that?
0: So one of the things I actually wanted to make sure I mentioned I feel like a lot of people don't know this, is physical therapists in the state of Oklahoma, we have direct access now. So we can see people off the street without a doctor's referral for a month, for 30 days, okay. which I think a lot of the times is a big... Um, not deterrent, but boundary, the barrier that people are like, I don't want to go to this doctor and go to this doctor and go to this doctor, then come and see you. And so I like to let people know like, hey, call my clinic and I will get you on my schedule and we are good to start and at least get the process going before you need to go see your doctor and go through all the nitty gritty stuff with that. Um, And so I just want to make sure people know like that is an option for all pts in the state of oklahoma direct access for 30 days without a physician's referral um and then i i said this earlier pts can help with a lot more than you think we can it's not just clams and bridges it's not just stretch for 30 minutes i'll come rub on you and then you'll feel better it is a lot more a a lot more hands-on and a lot more um Differential diagnosis that we get the education on now, um, that we are are skilled enough to help figure out where your pain is coming from and what we can do to help with it. Um, so if you've had <laughs> if you've had a bad experience or you have this idea of what PT is in your brain, um, it's it's probably a little different these days. So give it a shot if you feel like you need it, or at least try it out. Um, a lot of times we can prevent surgery we can prevent extra um imaging like expensive imaging mris and things like that and so it's really worth a try if it's something that you are even remotely considering
1: yeah 100 percent i'm a firm believer in taking a proactive approach to your health and your fitness you're gonna pay for it at some point <laughs> down the line you're either gonna spend a lot of money in medication painkillers um where are the other things you're fighting from a health standpoint later on in life, which is going to be more expensive, or you can invest in your health now, um, you can get ahead of the ball yeah. um, and have a better quality of life. Absolutely. On, Absolutely.
0: 100%. And that's our end game every time.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank y'all so much for tuning in today's podcast. If you guys found this content helpful, it would mean the world to me. If you like comment it and shared until next time.